Man, this is Deion Dawkins, man. And you're listening to The Scoop on OwlScoop.com. You already should know. Everybody. Welcome back to the Scoop, AlScoop.com's podcast, Season 7, Episode 18. We did, in putting out a call for mailbag questions, call this an emergency episode of the Scoop, but when in reality, we typically do record on Wednesdays. It's our regular schedule. Regularly scheduled. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm John DeCarlo, joined by Kyle Gauss, Dante Colinelli, Sam Cohn, not with us today. We'll probably do another podcast tomorrow, and Sam will be with us uh for that one sam helped uh break break the the news of the day with uh with the inquirer's mike jensen uh which is a lot of what we're going to be talking about today which is that um temple appears to be set uh to be uh in a position to hire stan drayton the running backs coach from texas one of the guys that uh, that we knew was in contention for the job the inquirer's report said that uh, the Temple's in advanced negotiations with Stan Drayton. We're recording this right now at 4.21 p.m. on a Wednesday. So for all we know, it might be completely done at this point. We're told that as long as things keep progressing, there could be a press conference as soon as tomorrow morning, meeting Thursday morning around 9, 9.30 a.m. So what we want to do is make this a mailbag-heavy episode of The Scoop. We might do another one tomorrow with some more content with sound and audio from the from the press conference whoever might be there uh but we know you guys have questions thoughts opinions all sorts of stuff you've been waiting more than two weeks uh we'll talk a little bit about signing day today three guys three guys from the 2022 class signed uh temple did lose one of those signees to monmouth makai green not exactly a interestingly enough the three highest committed guys the temple yes. signed. yeah Corey yeah. yeoman uh Corey yeoman jackson pruitt and who am I forgetting? Uh, Sam, uh, Sam Martin. Sam, Sam Martin. Sam Martin, yeah. the, uh, the running back from uh, safety. Uh, from, yes, took oh, him they, as a safety. Him as a safety yeah. uh, from Staten Island. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit as well. But uh, guys, initial thoughts on the on the stands right and higher. Dante, you had written little capsule on stand for um, you know the like the the coaching candidate series that we did. Uh, what are what are your thoughts on this, guys? I know it's not a it's not a shocking name. We felt like it would be a name that made sense. It turned out that way. We were in, you know, a couple of days ago. We, you know, that football scoop report came out saying that Temple was zeroing in on Fran Brown. Uh, not sure what happened there. Not sure how true that was. They couched the report, and the fan base, the the people that did want Fran Brown, got their hopes up. But it does not look like it's going to be Fran Brown. There are a lot of Fran Brown mailbag questions that we'll get to. But what are your thoughts on this one, guys? Yeah, obviously, uh, Drayton was my candidate, and he was the guy that I, I always hoped was going to be the coach just because I, I liked his resume. Um, I, I liked what I saw when I wrote that little capsule for us uh, a couple weeks ago. 27 years of coaching experience. I think the thing that impressed me most and the thing that I think Temple fans should be uh, most excited about is Drayton's recruiting resume. I, I think that this, this is a guy who's proven that he can recruit top-level talent. Um, and, and I think that that should be the thing that Temple fans are excited about. Obviously, I get why people wanted Fran Brown, right? Somebody familiar with Temple and, and what it takes to win here. And I understand uh, that, um, you know, kind of instinct, right, from Temple fans. Rod Carey was a guy who was an outside guy, came in here, never really felt like he quite gelled with the area with some of the players, things like that. But uh, we've talked about it on the podcast extensively. 
you don't need to have that guy, right? And, and Drayton does technically have Philadelphia coaching experience, coached at Villanova and Penn almost 20 years ago. That's why I said technically. Um, you know, I, again, I, I think that I, – I, I think this is a good hire. I really do. I think you have a very experienced guy with a really good recruiting background. Um, I am not a huge fan of judging head coaching hires before I see their staffs. Uh, because the rest of the staff is very, very important, especially for a candidate like Drayton, who's never been a head coach and has never coordinated an offense or defense at the collegiate level. So who he brings on to be his offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator, and obviously the other guys matter too, will be very important. But I think this is a strong hire for Temple. I really do. All, you know, just first impressions. Dante, let me ask you this before I throw things over to Kyle. And this will be one of one of the questions I'm sure that will get posed. Yes, he has recruited very well. You mentioned a lot of the prominent names. It's the, the question I think becomes, and this will have to be proven out over time, can he recruit to Temple? Is it easier? You have to form relationships. I get that. But is it one thing to say, oh, he can recruit to Texas. He can recruit to Florida. He can recruit to Syracuse. Uh, can he recruit? Can, he can recruit to Ohio State. Recruiting to Temple is different. Can he recruit to Temple, you think? I think he can. I, you know, obviously it's not going to be the Bijan Robinsons of the world, the temple, right? Sure. But again, I think that recruiting has a lot of, you know, translatable things across all programs, right? You have to be able to relate to kids. You have to be able to, you know, uh, sell your brand. And I think that that kind of comes down to experience and being able to do that. And I think he will be able to do that at Temple. Again, is it going to be a slew of four and five-star recruits who are just, you know, suddenly want to come down to North Broad Street? Probably not, but you know, I again, I don't, I don't know. I, he strikes me as a type of guy. Again, his reputation as a someone who relates to kids is very, very strong, and I think that's going to translate no matter where he's at. Now, is it going to be harder for him to recruit a Temple than it was at Texas and Ohio State? Yeah, probably. Will it be an adjustment? Yeah, probably. Uh, you know, maybe the first class might not be as good as the second or the third class as he starts to establish those relationships. But I think again, I, and I think we talked about this when. when uh, Rod Carey first got fired, right? Is, you know, maybe you keep guys like Gabe Infante and Preston Brown on staff and they kind of help you with that, right? So I, I think that he can recruit here. I'm not too, too worried about it, but it is going to be a big question for him, obviously. Kyle, what do you think? Instead of the Bijan Robinsons, Temple needs the Dijon Robinsons. <laughs> Robinsons is oh, a little bit of spice to him, you know, just enough to make up for it. Um, How long were you I'm not surprised. That? I, I think if you if we did like if you could see our our Zoom stream, you would literally have seen my face light up because I was like, oh, I can make a Dijon spicy mustard got, thing here. I got a mustard okay. joke. I'm not surprised by this whatsoever. Um, I mean, I think outside of an 18 hour span from Monday afternoon through probably like noon yesterday on Tuesday, you started to realize like that football scoop got got. I don't I don't think that was a good report. Um, other than that, you were like Stan Drayton was the mind at the top of everybody's head for at least the five, six days, last five, six days. It seemed like it was heading that direction, especially after the news started to come out that maybe Elijah Robinson was no longer a candidate. Um, I'll say this. I was already at the point prior to the friend new stuff where I was watching a bunch of Stan Drayton interviews, Stan Drayton seminars. Uh, there's one that he gave out. Remember right after COVID broke, everyone was really into like Zoom stuff. And there was people like he had a virtual running backs clinic that I watched a good portion of, which actually I'm glad I did. Cause at one point he talks about kind of his offensive philosophy. He says he's constantly studying uh, the NFL and looking at this was as of last year, looking at the last four Super Bowl teams, he had noticed like, look outside of um, 
like the Niners making it that one year where they just ran the crap out of the ball. He's like, it's usually like balanced towards passing offenses that succeed in the NFL. And he said the way that helps him as a running backs coach is it means that he needs, he can't root maybe an old 1970s style one slash and go running back. He needs an all purpose back. He needs to be able to throw out of the backfield. So I think if you're a temple fan, who's thinking, Oh, we're going to hire a running backs coach or we're going to get Steve Adazio. Or we're going to run the ball 70% of the time. That's not Stan Drayton. I think Stan Drayton is a modern offensive mind. Like we've talked about a lot. Um, I think it's a lot harder to recruit the temple than some of these other schools. And I do think it's important that he keeps some of these guys on the staff because despite what's probably going to be said tomorrow, I'm not buying the, oh, I coached Brian Westbrook in the 90s. That means I understand Philadelphia uh, spin. Like that's not going to sell me on it. Uh, Philadelphia in 2021 is a lot different than the main line in the late 90s. But I think he's an interesting guy. Uh, I think any criticisms that you might have had that you might have about Stan Drayton probably could have been applied to Fran Brown. Hey, he's never been a coordinator. Hey, he's just been, he's got a reputation as a position coach and a recruiter. So did Fran Brown. The only difference is that Fran Brown is a native son of the Philadelphia and of Temple. But I think it's the same thing with Stan Drayton where it's, I bet you, despite him being a little older, he's going to hire a, probably somebody on his staff is going to have either been a head coach or been a longtime coordinator. He kind of, he's going to kind of need his, his mentor in a sense to kind of help him run a program. But I think it's a fair criticism to wonder why Stan Drayton hasn't been a head coach yet, because if you've been this in vogue position coach for so long, like this guy recruited Cam Newton to Florida 15 years ago, like, like he's been a known commodity as a recruiter and position coach for close to 20 years at this point. Uh, So I think it's a fair criticism to wonder why he hasn't been moved up to this point, but I'll be curious to see what his staff looks like is pretty much where I'm at at this point. Standard and calling John right now. I wish. How about, how about that? Wouldn't that be great? And joining us live, sort of (laughs) live in the moment on the scoop, uh, Stan Drayton calling in, but no, alas, it was not Stan Drayton calling. Uh, But what we do want to do, like I said, uh, is, make this a mailbag heavy episode of the, of the scoop and answer as many of your questions as we can. Again, at the outside of the scoop, we did say that uh, Temple signed three players today from the 2022 class, Corey Yeoman from Clearwater Academy down in Florida. He is an Atlantic city native. His brother, Anthony Soraya was a really good player uh, at Holy spirit high school and USC uh, heard a lot of good things about Corey Yeoman. They did, as Kyle said, they got three of the highest ranked guys in the class, Jackson Pruitt, the offensive lineman from Cast Tech in Detroit, and then Sam Martin from Curtis High School in Staten Island. Signed as a safety, can play running back too. Obviously, they're not done yet. We'll see what Stan Drayton does in the transfer portal. We'll see which, uh, you know, which players he signs in February. Uh, again, uh, losing Makai Green to, to Monmouth, not a great look today. Yeah, he was initially told... Uh, I was told by a couple people familiar with the situation that he was going to wait to find out who the head coach was, but I don't know. He had some reason for, for jumping the Monmouth. He's fast. He's smart. Looks like a big pickup or a good pickup for Monmouth, uh, a loss for Temple. But um, I think it'll be interesting this year. I mean, do they, you know, could Stan Drayton try to flip some kids in the transfer portal who have signed? We'll, we'll see. A lot of that is to come, but let's get to, and as many of these mailbag questions as we can, we'll start on the message board first. We've got some there. We've got some uh, on Twitter as well. Uh, first one here from Park Al from the message board. Kind of talked about this a, a little bit already. What is everyone's biggest concern with Drayton as a head coach? Kyle, you, you talked about this just a few minutes ago. It is fair to wonder 
why at the age of 50, he's never gone higher than a running backs coach, although he's had the, the title of assistant head coach as well. But, you know, we'll reframe that one again. What's everyone's biggest concern with Drayton as a head coach? Um, that the fact that he hasn't really done anything above being a position coach at this point. I mean, I think anytime, I think uh, Chris Coyer actually put this on our boards where he said, look, anytime you hire a head coach, that's not like an established, well, hell with Rod Carey, it's still, but isn't like, it doesn't have a track record as a head coach. It's a roll of the dice. Um, the role it's, it would have been a roll of the dice with Fran Brown. It would have been a roll of the dice with Elijah Robinson. Yeah. It is a roll of the dice with Sandra. And he has not done it at this level. That's not to say he can't do it at this level. Um, I think it's probably important that he surrounds himself with people that have succeeded to a higher level than he has, like hierarchy-wise. Yeah. Dante, what do you think? Yeah, it's the same one for me. It's just, you know, the lack of experience as a head coach and, and even like lack of experience as a coordinator. Um, you know, I, I do like what Kyle, you know, it's nice to hear that he seems like a progressive offensive mind, which I, I think is a good place to start. Um, but obviously not having that experience is going to be important. And I think that's, you know, why I said off the top and Kyle kind of echoed the same thing is like, I want to see what his staff looks like. Who is he bringing in around him? Who is the offensive play caller? Who's the defensive play caller? Stuff like that's going to matter because you can kind of mitigate the blow of not having that experience if your staff is very experienced. Um, and and honestly, like I, I always figured that Drayton was going to be more of a CEO head coach. Uh, we'll, we'll kind of see how that works out as far as I kind of viewed him as a guy who's going to take more of a, you know, a long-term view of everything. But yeah, obviously it's, it's you know, a little interesting to see that he hasn't been a head coach at the age of 50, you know, Fran and Elijah, much younger guys who haven't had that chance yet. So, you know, we'll see, maybe he was waiting for the right opportunity and he felt like this was his right opportunity. Maybe he had a chance to take some, you know, some lower level jobs. I know he did interview for a couple other college jobs in the past. So including Temple university, including in Temple. <laughs> yeah, well, you, beat, yeah. you beat me by about a second. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So again, maybe he was waiting for the right opportunity. I, I don't know. You know, I, I don't, I've never talked to the guy. He, you know, he didn't call John five minutes ago, so we can't ask him, but um, that, that is definitely my, my biggest concern as well. But like Kyle said, it, it's more, you know, it's a concern of like, I, I don't know. I'm not saying he can't, it, it's just that we're not sure yet. And we'll have to find out. Let's give you a two juice just before we get to the rest of the, the questions, just a quick, uh, just a, a quick bio on Stan Drayton. He, again, he's, he's 50 years old. He's from Cleveland, uh, played in college at Allegheny college. He was a running back there, got his, his coaching uh, start there in 93 was at Eastern Michigan came to Penn in 1995 as running backs coach. This is where his, his Philadelphia experience came in. And then of course, from 96 to 99 coached at Villanova recruited Brian Westbrook to Villanova coached Brian Westbrook at Villanova helped turn him into uh, into a pro running back was at Bowling green. He did uh, a couple of seasons with the Packers. He was at Mississippi state. He was at Florida. He was at Tennessee. He's been at Syracuse back at Florida. Ohio State, where he worked with guys like Ezekiel Elliott and Carlos Hyde, uh, back to the NFL for a couple of seasons with the Bears. He's been in Texas uh, since 2017. Again, uh, Dante mentioned you know, recruiting and working with B. John Robinson, one of the best backs in the country. So he's seen a lot of good football. He's been in a lot of, of prominent programs, and he has some NFL experience with a couple of stints there. Uh, going back to the mailbag, next question comes from New England Al from our message board or alscoop.com. Was Drayton the only candidate offered the job? I, we, we honestly, I could try to give you some sensational answer. We don't know. We don't know for sure. Um, you know, I, I would say that I would be hard pressed unless there was something quirky about the negotiations. If Fran Brown was offered the job, I would find it hard to believe that he would turn it down, given the fact that we we know 
how much Fran Brown has wanted the job. So I would take an educated guess and say that Fran was not offered the job, but we, we don't know if somebody was offered before Stan. We honestly don't know. I don't know that we'll ever get a straight answer on that. Wish I could tell you definitively, unless you guys found out something the last couple of hours that I didn't find out. Nope. Kyle's just taking a sip of soda right now. It's his way of saying on to the next question. Nah. <laughs> nah. Um, good question. Wish we could answer it for you, but again, I don't want to make anything up. Uh, GL and PA is the screen name for our next question from the Al Scoop message board. Who besides Drayton received strong consideration? Uh, yeah, again, we talked about Fran Brown. I would imagine that he re- received strong consideration. I mean, I, kn- I know for a fact that, that Arthur Johnson had asked people about Elijah Robinson, whether he was in the, in the running, whether he declined an interview. I, I don't, I don't honestly know. I mean, I think those are the, the three big names that we would know of. I mean, I think maybe some stuff will trickle out after, after that. I don't, I can't think of anybody else in the strong consideration category, unless, unless I'm overlooking somebody here. More, more not a No, I mean, I think, I think any other names that we kind of were spitballing maybe two weeks ago, just, it didn't seem like, look, in all fairness, this was the most tight to the chest coaching search. I think we've covered right. at Temple. Like, yeah. I, like, I think all the previous ones, you've seen things kind of slide out. Oh, this guy's on campus here, blah, blah, blah. So I think we'd be guessing if we said like, oh, well, he considered Tom Herman or he considered any other coach they might've had connections with, uh, like Charlie Strong. I don't know. I think we literally would just be guessing at this point. So those are the three that I think we can confirm that there was uh, at least some mutual interest between. Uh, we know people that were interested in the job that didn't get a ring. Like we know plenty of those people, but uh, no, people that actually got interest. I think it was those three that we can confirm. Yeah. Next question here. Again, these are, we're going to ask the first several from our message board, from our subscribers. Uh, the, the screen name here is T for Temple U1. Question is, how long does it typically take for coaches to establish strong connections with local high school programs when they come from another region? Drayton appears to be a strong leader and developer of talent. The lack of recruiting ties in the Northeast slash Mid-Atlantic is concerning. I mean, my first thought there is, yeah, do you, do you look at, at Preston Brown and say, Preston, I, I want you on the field? as our running backs coach or another position so we can have you actively recruit, you know, the guys that you used to work with in Camden at Woodrow Wilson or at Camden high school, Gabe Infante will move you over to linebackers coach. So you can stay in the region. I mean, it, you know, they never got to see it come to fruition, but you know, Gabe got to take the lead more as the recruiting coordinator. And you saw them offer a ton of the kids in this area and the high schools in this area that made sense. A lot of South Jersey kids, a lot of, kids in Philly and around Philly, you know, offering a ton of the kids from March Bishop Wood, you know, would they get a lot of these kids in the future? You know, some of the, the higher profile kids, maybe not, but you keep offering, you keep offering, you know, I had a chance to talk to Gabe about this and say, you got, you have to not just blanket this area, but go to the high schools that, that make sense. And so I think that's how you do it. You know, I'm sure that, you know, we'll, you know, I, I don't think that Stan Drayton's going to talk to the media tomorrow and say, here's my staff. This is everyone who's on it. That very rarely happens. But, you know, I think that's Kyle alluded to it before. You know, you, you can't just say, oh, I was here 20 years ago. So I know the area. He's going to have to have some familiarity on his staff. So, you know, Dante, I think you mentioned this earlier. Maybe his first, you know, this class is going to be pieced together with uh, with floss, gauze and, and, and whatever with, with some portal additions. Year two, year three is where you might see some some better classes. But yeah, I'd say maybe a couple of years or so. But I wanted to get your thoughts on this too. 
I don't know if that was uh, meant for Dante, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pick it off. Um, <laughs> I, I'm less curious. I, I tend to think the talent level. I would tend to agree with these crew classes. So the second and third, the second recruit class is usually like your your good one because you've got a chance to get in there and blah blah. I'm curious as to where like the geographic aspects of this class. I mean, you saw with Rod Carey which I think there's a lot of reason Rod Carey failed, but one of the reasons is probably that he relied too heavily on previous connections to the Midwest with recruiting. Yeah. They pulled a lot of guys out of Michigan. Uh, they brought in a quarterback from Illinois that is no longer here. He's at NIU, Justin Lynch. So I'll be curious that this first class kind of gets a waiver to me. If you, if Sandrain thinks that he can fill this class by bringing in transfers from Texas or other places he knows or relying on guys that, Hey, I recruited this kid from Florida he wasn't Texas level, but I think I can get him to Temple. That's one thing. The next class, you would hope just starts to maybe fit Temple's more uh, geographical footprint than the mm-hmm. first one. But the next like six weeks, you can get kids from anywhere for all I care. Because you got the first thing that needs to happen with this program is there needs to be a massive influx of talent. Mm-hmm. So I don't really care where that talent comes from. Dante? Yeah, I'm on the same boat. I think you guys put it put it very nicely i think you know you can benefit from keeping some of the guys on staff that you already have gabe infante preston brown guys who have local ties to these high schools but again like like kyle just said i think this first class is going to be a wash and i had a couple people you know tweet at me a couple days ago and we're like well shouldn't we have a head coach in place by signing day and it's like i don't think it matters i really don't like you know it doesn't matter like a little bit i mean sure but in the grand scheme of things i mean this class was not going to be robust no matter what anyone did we were past the point of no return um i you know i think what kyle said holds true right like this this program needs an influx of talent doesn't matter where it comes from right now i think next year you can start to be a little bit more picky about where they're recruiting and where they're offering and different things like that um uh again i i would you know i would think that he'll try and keep some of those guys on staff but we'll see uh you know maybe he'll want to bring in his own guys and really lean into that texas stuff but like Kyle said, didn't exactly go well for Rod Carey, even though he had Gabe Infante and Preston Brown on staff for, you know, a limited period of time in a recruiting role. So not that this is a Rod Carey podcast, but the Preston Brown thing seemed like it was too little too late. Yeah. Um, like you were like, yeah. it was a good move. And like, it was, it, was the move, move. it was the move you should have made in 2020 or 2019. And, and it was kind of like a half measure where like you didn't put them on the field. So you couldn't bring these guys in. You just kind of had like reliant connections. Like, but oh well, yeah. such is life. And just another quick recruiting note to pass along. Uh, again, Makai Green opted not to sign with Temple today, signed with Monmouth instead. Reese Clark from St. Joe's Prep and Khalif Kemp is at Imhotep, right? Was it Newman Gretti? And is it Imhotep or did I? He was at Upper Dublin, up in God's country. Then he went down to Newman Gretti and then he's at Imhotep. Right. So Khalif Kemp and, and Reese Clark did not sign today. I'm told that they still, as of now, remain verbally committed to Temple, could sign in February. We'll see. So I know that those are two other names that are on the commitment list. Wanted to touch on them before we move along. Um, next uh, question here uh, comes, again, another one from the message board. The screen name is DNS151. I believe this is the first time question from the screen name. Two questions. Any Ooh. idea on, on who the coordinators might be? likelihood of of Drayton keeping key assistants, for example, Infante, or bringing in former Temple assistants like Ed Foley. Thanks and appreciate your hard work producing quality content for the site. Thank you for the question. Um, I, I don't know. Any thoughts on who the coordinators might be? We would be just throwing darts at a dartboard at, 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 at this point right now. Or maybe we're not. Kyle is about to say no, something. Literally no uh, idea. <laughs> um, 
I mean, there used to be a great site called the coaches tree where you could like put in a coach and it would tell you every year, like this is the staff he was on. You could click that staff and it would show you here are the other 10 guys and here are where they are now. You can kind of piece together connections. That's not longer around. I don't think, I don't think it really took off to the level that they wanted it to and it kind of crashed. So, I mean, you, it's going to be somebody he knows, obviously, like for these coordinators, most likely. It's very rare that you have somebody just like, I'm going to the Africa convention and I don't know you from Adam and now you're my coordinator. You did see that to a certain extent with Jeff Collins and Andrew Thacker, who had never met and he just met him at the Africa convention and hired him as linebacker's coach. And now they're like inseparable, mm-hmm. but it's going to be somewhere. One of the good things about this, if you're going to hire Fran Brown, Fran Brown's pool was going to be limited to temple guys mostly guys on the panthers now maybe some guys at Rutgers. so maybe you would have seen him like promote a Rutgers running backs coach office corner sandrain's been everywhere sandrain's been in ohio state he's been in florida he's been in texas he's been in the nfl so this is going to be a pretty wide a web and a pretty big pool for him to choose from yeah um the question in there about for example ed foley uh, um I think it would have to be a significant role for, for Ed to leave, to leave the Panthers right now is the impression I'm getting now is, is, you know, love Matt rule, but his, he and his staff are facing some scrutiny down there. I don't cover the NFL. Don't cover the Panthers. I don't know exactly what's going on down there, but um, I think Ed Foley would listen. If Stan Drayton reached out, I think it would have to be um, a significant role. And I don't even know that Ed would, would be in line for one of the coordinator positions, but again, he is, one of the guys who who knows how to win at Temple. Uh, and I think that, you know, I think, again, one of the things that I continue to be told that might not sound like anything significant, but it was that Arthur Johnson had lots of conversations with people inside of Temple, outside of Temple. What, what worked here? What didn't work here? How did they win here? What worked? And, you know, any good athletic director is going to relay that to his next head coach because he wants to see him ex- succeed because if he succeeds, Arthur Johnson succeeds. So, um, I would be shocked if Stan Drayton just puts his head in the sand and just, you know, puts together a staff without any temple connections, but you know, we've been wrong before we'll see. Um, so I don't know the likelihood of Ed Foley coming back. I think it would have to be some sort of, you know, um, position coach, assistant head coach type of type of role. Other, other than that, I don't know that I, I could really see it. Uh, next question here from the uh, screen name TUL08. What happened at the 11th hour with Fran? My best guess is that he was never formally offered the job and it just, it went to Drayton and that, you know, uh, football scoop. I don't. Football scoop got, got. Yeah. Is what I think. In a way they did. Again, they, they couched it in a way where they protected themselves and they did not write a report that he was going to get the job and they dropped Drayton in there. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, in the 11th hour, again, will we ever get the straight story on this? Maybe we will. But um, again, I would be hard pressed to think that that Fran was offered the job and turned it down. Do I know that for sure? No, but I, I just anybody who knows Fran Brown knows that he wanted his ambition drives him and he wanted the Temple job very badly short of Temple coming in with some sort of insanely insulting offer, which I don't think they would would do. I don't think he would have turned down the job. So I don't, I think at the 11th hour, he maybe just wasn't offered the job. I can't think of anything else. I'll say this, not to get like too far into like inside baseball with this, but with with crap like this, people love, 
Uh, John, I think this is a phrase from you that I've heard stolen from you. People love to let you know that they know something. So I think what probably happened with this, one way or the other, football scoop got bad info or a slightly exaggerated info, whatever it might be, the source of that info, we'll never know. Once that report's out there and it's out there from a reputable source, like football scoop is good at what they do. Mm-hmm. Once it's out there, you have 150 people in the Delaware Valley that are now saying, oh, well, I'm also here and the Fran Brown's going to get this job. Yeah. So it kind of becomes an echo chamber. You start getting smoke where maybe there necessarily wasn't fire. And hell, for all we know, something did happen at the 11th hour. But if I was a betting man, I would really say that it was never as far along into the Fran Brown camp as football scoop made it seem like it was. Yeah. Uh, next question here, more of a math they're, question. They're making you know websites to end with scoop. They're giving them a bad name. Yes, yes. Good point, Kyle. Terrific point. Uh, oh, so they stole the scoop from us. Yeah, they did. Dante, I thought that was a press pass around your neck, but that's just a, a number on a Dolphins jersey, right? Is it a Tua jersey? Yes, it's a Tua jersey. Yeah, yeah, see? There you go. Big Tua guy. There you go. Need a big game out of Jalen Waddle this week for uh, – Nobody cares about your fantasy football team. I know, I know. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) Uh, Next question from Mike TV 31 is the screen name. How many scholarship players do we have at the moment? And how many incoming transfers do you think we should expect to take? Oh, since this mailbag came from uh, subscribers of the alscoop.com family, if you go to the top of the football page, you can see the 2021 Temple Football Scholarship Board has not been updated yet. So <laughs> with that in mind, as of right now on December 15th, 2021, I'm stalling as I bring up the uh, the scholarship board, eliminating all the seniors that left and people that have announced that they're transferring. So like they might not, like there's still people out there like Jane Blue. It, I think it's less likely now that it's not Fran Brown, but in theory could come back to Temple, right? But I'm considering him gone for the sake of this. As Jordan's banging like pots and pans in the next room. New Year's Eve. <laughs> uh, there are 73 scholarship guys on right now. They just signed three people. So in theory, if nobody else left and those three people definitely make it, then they have nine open scholarships right now, not including the remaining two guys that are verbal and have not committed yet, not signed yet. Yeah. So I imagine there's going to be more roster turnover. There's always right. more roster turnover. I've actually been surprised how little roster turnover there's been so far. Um, I think most of the guys on Temple's roster were willing to wait to see who got hired next. Now there's going to be people that wanted Fran Brown that said, screw it, I'm out. There's going to be people that say, oh, I wasn't going to leave and I want Stan Drain. I'm fine with that. So right now, as of this moment, there's nine scholarships. I bet you it ends up being more. Yeah. Uh, how next question here from uh, the screen name is fig one from the message board. How will this late coaching change affect recruiting in 2021, 2022? Well, I mean, you're, you're already seeing it. I mean, well, it is the 2022 class. I, I don't know if, if, if Stan Drayton was, was hired two days ago, if Makai Green would have said, cool, I'm staying committed to temple. Was he leaning toward, not that Philly's too far away from West Orange, New Jersey, but was he always leaning toward some sort of comfort level at, at Monmouth? I don't know. Um, I mean, it, it apparently might have with Green might have cost him one recruit. We don't know. I have not talked to Makai Green. I talked to him this summer when he was about to commit, have not talked to him since. I, I, I don't know. Again, I don't, I don't know that they would have, you know, even if he was announced last week, would it have really moved the needle on their class? Maybe he might've flipped a couple of kids. Sure. It's not to say that he couldn't flip a couple of kids, you know, 
that's what's different now. A couple of kids could say, yeah, I just signed last week, but I want to go with Stan Drayton up to Temple. They could be like, hi, I'm, uh, I'm going to enter the portal. You know, yeah, so- first of all, Monmouth is about the same distance from like West Orange as, as Temple probably is. Probably mileage wise, different, but hours wise. Yeah. Yeah. That last part's the important part. With the free waiver now, in theory, if Kyle Gauss signed with Temple entirely because of state or signed with Texas because of Sandra and now decided he wanted to go to Temple, uh, to Temple, I can just enter the, I can basically, one, I can just ask to be let out of my NLI because like universities can always just let you out of your NLI. A lot of them don't. But worst case scenario, I can just enter the portal and be like, deuces. And then would I can just create like, your own. Would, if you created your own recruiting profile on rivals, would you inflate your height and weight? I think the answer is yes, but I want to hear. We've you. talked about this before. I once, I mean, I think you've seen it, but like, I bet you if I recreated, created like a John Gauss and just like added offers to his rivals profile, I would get a real offer. Some school would just play copycat. They'd be like, oh shit, Ohio State and Penn State offered them like, Let's offer him. And then next thing you know, I'm starting running back at Syracuse. What about I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with a name, a four-star recruit, JK Colinelli, John Kyle Colinelli, combining all three of us. What what does that recruit look like? Where is he from? What's the height and weight on it? I mean, I think we're both we're all kind of around the same height. So I think we're probably looking at like a 5'11 uh athlete at this point. Yeah. I he's probably 12 pounds heavier now than he was three months ago in my case. So like, you know, the winter weights coming on every night, I think, Oh, I'm going to eat healthy. Instead I got Christmas cookies. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's probably, he's probably got to like, you know how they used to say like Andre Miller had to play himself into shape when he was with the Sixers. Our recruits probably got to play himself in the shape once he gets on campus. Interesting, interesting reference there. Dante, what would you, if you were evaluating film on us uh, as a, as a recruit, I, I don't know. I, I feel like we would see uh, a guy who's more of a, you know, big time talker. Thanks to Kyle. You know, Kyle likes to talk crap. So I think, I think Whoa. our guy would be. A oh, big, oh, you meant uh, like trash talk. I thought you were saying yes. this in general. Okay. No, 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 no. Trash talk. <laughs> I like, wow. No, no, no. I, Shot I think, across the bow here. No, no. I think our, I think our recruits talking a lot of trash. I don't know where he's playing, but he's talking trash. Um, you know, and I don't know, like maybe, you know, maybe we're bulking up, you know, we're going from wide receiver to tight end, you know, maybe we don't have to play ourselves into way maybe we're going wide receiver to tight end you know we're just bulking up that is my dream scenario is if somebody <laughs> told me like if somebody cody booth or ron charlton me and they were just like look man steven there like you gotta put on like 65 pounds of like good weight i'm like i heard most of those words i didn't care about the good weight part i'm just gonna eat whatever the hell i want i'll see you guys in spring and i'll just come back plump <laughs> Go back to not just pizza every night. NJP. I have other pizza places now. <laughs> no, you got to go back to NJP. And they're a uh, great line of commercials. Anyway, we've gotten way off track. Sorry about that. Um, next question from the screen name E. Cheney. Why did this take so long? Stan Drayton was one of the first names that came up concerning the job. Uh, this is a, obviously a complete guess, right? But uh, what is the one thing that we've heard about Arthur Johnson is like, he's thorough. Like he mm-hmm. just, he's a process oriented person. Uh, he likes to take his time. You know, he's going to be even like, that's what we heard about. Like when he even took the temple job, right. It was like, well, you know, he had opportunities to go other places, but he's very thorough, you know? So like this just might be the type of decision maker that Arthur Johnson is that he's a guy who's 
really going to sit down. He's going to take his time. He's going to do, you know, I don't know how many interviews he did with each candidate. Maybe that stuff will start to come out. Like Kyle said, a lot of this stuff has been very tight to the chest. We don't know when interviews started, when they ended, if he did multiple interviews with multiple candidates, maybe he did a ton of interviews with a ton of different guys. You know, maybe he did, you know, maybe Stan Drayton had four interviews for this job. I I don't know why it took so long per se, but the one thing that I do know is that everything that we've heard about Arthur Johnson is that he's a thorough process oriented decision maker. So this might just be a trend. This might just be, you know, where it's at. I mean, Temple was the last FBS job to fill their coaching spot, if I remember correctly. Right. So, you know, I, I think this might just be this is the type of decision maker that Arthur Johnson is. Let's say this. They fired Rod Carey November 29th. What would the narrative have been if they hired Stan Drayton on December 4th? That it Arthur Johnson that Arthur quick, Johnson yeah. just gave a multi-million dollar job to his buddy. So, like, I'm not saying that's necessarily the case, but like if I don't buy the logic of, oh, if he knew it was Stan Drayton, he would have just hired him four days in because that would have been cronyism. It would have been nepotism. It would have been that, hey, look, this is just Arthur taking out for his own. He's not necessarily doing the best thing. They hired a coaching uh, search firm. Did that search firm give them random names or did it end up kind of getting them towards the same guys they could have gotten to anyway? I don't know. I think they really, really wanted to get this right. They were methodical about it. And I think the optics of this. This, this, oh, Temple dragged its feet and it missed the early signing day period is going to blow over in three days. Like that's in the grand scheme of things, not the most consequential stuff. I think they just had to make sure they went through the process. Right. Like if they win eight games this year, is anyone going to be like, well, it took them two weeks to hire Stan Drayton? Right. No one's going to care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought up the search firm thing because I've talked to a couple people about that today. And, you know, because that that notion is going to be out there. Okay. If Stan Drayton was your guy all along, Arthur Johnson, why do you why do you spend the money on a search firm? Why do you hire a search firm? So what people have told me about this, and I, I kind of remember having these conversations before and kind of needed a refresher on it, is search firms can be like Fort Knox. They aggregate all the questions the candidates have. And there are there are guys out there that will feel more comfortable through their agents, through search firms going going that way. If they try to do their own their own feeling out thing through their agents and things end up with, with boosters around the program or stuff like that, it may get back to their current employer and they might say, Hey, what are you doing? It keeps things tight. It keeps things clean. And again, these search firms tight. Yeah. Kyle's doing the, the, the thing from, uh, from knocked up. Um, yeah, they aggregate all the questions the candidates have, you know, if you're interested in the job, they can, you can go through the search firm and say, Hey, what are these guys willing to pay? Are they paying a million five? Are they, am I going to get $2 million here? Am I going to get Jeff Collins, Matt rule money, Rod carry money on this? And you can, the, the most important thing that these candidates can be is candid. Um, and they can get that clear through a search firm. So it just keeps it clean. It keeps it quiet. It keeps it confidential for candidates. And that's why search firms are involved in a lot of ways. And as I understand it, most search firms will say, if they're talking to a guy, if it's, you know, Joe Plo, Joe Blow, defensive coordinator at whatever school, I'm not quite sure what they're willing to pay. I'll get back to you on that. That's one of the reasons why you hire a search firm. I understand why people have that question. It's a, it's a logical one and it, that, that people would wonder about, but um, that's one of the best explanations I can, I can give you. Um, Next question here is from Green Street Al. Again, from the final one from the message board, and then we'll go to some from Twitter. Who do you think this hire eliminates from consideration for the new staff? For example, I'm not sure I see Ed Foley or Adam DeMichael returning. For example, if they don't have a relationship with Drayton, 
And not having some guys on the staff who don't understand Temple will be a big mistake, in my opinion. And this is more rhetorical, obviously, but feel free to comment. Nothing like a couple of new leaders wanting to put their own stamp on things, huh? Um, not sure I really understand that part. Well, let's let's go back to this. Who does it eliminate? We talked about Foley. Again, I, I get the impression that it would have to be a, a pretty significant role. And I'm not even talking, again, like a coordinator role for Foley, but I think it would be something that would, uh, again, could, would he enjoy coming back to, to Philly, coming back to South Jersey? I'm sure he would. Uh, I know he's enjoying his time in the NFL with the Panthers. I know the Panthers are struggling, but uh, I think it would have to be a significant role. Uh, Adam, I will talk to Adam about this on the podcast I do with him on the uh, Believe in Temple football podcast. I'm sure Adam will get a lot of questions about, are you coming back? I know Adam is happy to be back home working with his father, working out, uh, working out players out there. I think it would have to be, and again, you can, as soon as I record my next podcast with Adam, you can hear it directly from him. I would imagine it would have to be an on-field role for him to, to come back. So um, there are a lot more Temple guys from the Al Golden and Matt Rule tree that, that, uh, that Stan could pick from here. Not to say that the Adam and, and, and Ed aren't good coaches, but uh, I don't know. I don't know who else it would eliminate. Again, I, I think it would have to be something that would have to be worth their while for, for those guys to come back. Yeah. I really don't understand this, this next question or this next comment here. Nothing like a couple of new leaders wanting to put their own stamp on things. I mean, if this really did come down to, you know, the president and the athletic director and making their, making the decision on here, I don't, I don't understand how that's a bad thing. Right. No, here do I. Uh, for the first part of that question, I mean, I think there's some obvious names out there outside of those two that would come back for bigger roles, right? Like some guys are position coaches at other places right now. If you offered them a coordinator position on one side of the ball, they're probably coming back because right. that's the next step in their career. That's mm-hmm. what they're looking for. Yeah. Um, it, like I said, when we begin this, I'll be curious if Stan Drayton fills it with guys like that who are cutting their teeth in the coordinator position at the same time that he's cutting his teeth uh, at the head coach job or if it's an established coordinator. Temple has not hired an offensive coordinator that was not previously an offensive coordinator since rule. It might be rule. Yuramovich was, Dave Patnog was, mm-hmm. um, uh, actually, maybe Glenn Thomas wasn't. Wait, before. say this again. What was Who was it? last time Temple hired an offensive coordinator that had not previously been an offensive coordinator? I think Glenn Thomas was at like the U, uh, the FCS level prior yeah. to him coming back um, from the Falcons. That was Rule coached, yeah, Rule had coached so many different positions all over the field. Um, yes, uh, Glenn Thomas was the offensive coordinator at Midwestern State, which right, whatever. Yes. But like, so it would have been Rule. Like every single time since then, they've hired an offensive coordinator who had already been an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Defensive coordinator, they hired Andrew Thacker when he hadn't been, but Jeff Collins was essentially the defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. So it'll be curious if if Andrew if uh, Stan Drayton follows that that play or that process that Temple's already done, or if. He says, nope, I'm willing. I know this guy is a wide receivers coach at UCLA, which I don't, I don't know who the wide receivers coach is at UCLA. Uh, I want to promote him. Like, it'll be interesting. There's another question here on the message board that just popped up. Another one from Mike TB31. Did any of you guys guess this higher correctly on Monday when there were reports uh, being close to a, a decision? I, you, w- was it Monday where I'd start, I had heard from somebody I trust that Elijah Robinson was out. So when I heard that Elijah was out, yes, uh, I think we would have guessed Stan Drayton. Then that football scoop report came out and we're like, huh, okay. 
Fran Brown was not expecting that. It's not completely off the wall, but um, and so at the time on Monday, yes, I think I, I think we would have I, I think we all would have guessed straight. And I don't think that makes us geniuses or anything like that. But unless you guys want to disagree, no, it doesn't make us geniuses. I know that some people on our boards thought that when I tweeted my favorite gift, the hold on to your butts gift, that that was me saying something shocking was going to happen. No, that was I was starting to or we, we were starting to hear that this is about to wind down. Mm-hmm. Um, like I honestly thought this was going to be announced Monday. I uh, and when I sent that tweet, I was fully convinced it was Stan Drayton. Everything you were hearing was Stan Drayton. Like we said earlier in this podcast, there was just like an 18 hour period where like, oh shit, now everyone's saying Fran. And it was just enough to give us pause. Yeah. But Stan Drayton was yeah. the original. I had to, I wrote the pre-write for Stan Drayton and then had to write one for Fran Brown. So, I have no uh, sympathy for it, you. Uh, when Jeff Collins like got that. when Jeff Collins got the job, I'm not. I, I'm not I wrote one for, for Casey Cheeler. I, I, I think like, I I could just look through. I think I wrote six. Like this guy is now the uh, coach one, and then it ended up being Jeff Collins, who was not one of the six that I wrote. <laughs> or how about all the so content sad. that we put together when we thought Temple was going to do a national search for search for basketball, and they didn't. Yeah, who hell? A lot of those coaches are now succeeding. Some in Temple's conference. Yeah. Um, or like when somebody wrote an article about a certain big man coming to Temple and they didn't come to Temple. Adam. <laughs> yeah. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now we'll go to Twitter to close things out for a few questions here. Uh, this one comes from the the uh, the Twitter handle is Temple Fan Al. Um, are we going to see some backlash from Temple alum in the NFL? Uh, I, meaning, and I'm, he's referring to the fact that so many, or a fair amount of former players were advocating for Fran Brown, Michael Dogby, liked Elijah Robinson. Um, I don't know. I, I Potentially, you know, I'm sure that you, you might see some of that. If if Stan Drayton's smart, I think they'll do the whole thing where they invite a lot of these guys back to campus. They send these care packages out to guys. They engage them. Uh, I think if Stan Drayton is is a builder of culture and he's he is a CEO type, I think these guys can get over that really quick. Um, again, and winning cures everything. We don't expect this team to win a whole lot next year. I think this is going to be a slow rebuild unless they hit on virtually everybody in in the portal. But I think this is going to take a while. So. Uh, you know, there, there could be, you know, and I think it, a lot of it stems from the, you know, from the Fran Brown thing. Um, I don't know. I don't know that I could say anything else other than that. You guys have any thoughts on this one? I mean, I, I think there will be some pushback. I, again, I think, and this was, this was part of my reasoning for liking, not, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to frame this the correct way, but like, you probably shouldn't let the former players pick the next head coach. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. Like you take their opinion into account. You value that opinion. And like John said, if Drayton's smart, he comes in and he, he tries to ally himself with those players and, and, and there's nothing against, you know, giving them an input and giving them a voice, but you know, should you come in here and as the new athletic director and the new president, let them pick your next head football coach? I mean, probably not. I, I know I wouldn't. Um, so will we see some pushback? Yeah, I imagine so. But, like we said, you know, the same, it's the same thing with, you know, why did they wait two weeks? You know, why didn't they hire someone with more temple experience? Look, if Drayton comes in and he sets up a good program and, you know, they're going in the right direction and they're recruiting well and they're winning football games, nobody's going to give a crap. And, and again, like, you know, I, that was always the the funny part about this was, you know, everyone, all the former players were advocating for Fran Brown and blah, blah, blah. It's like, look, whoever are they going to bring in? You know, if that guy wins games, it's it's not going to matter. So again, I, I I don't I think it was good that they 
you know, I'm not saying that Fran Brown was a bad candidate or that he shouldn't have got the job. I, I'm not saying any of that, but what I'm saying is that you, know, you can't let, you know, former players in the NFL pick your next head coach. Uh, and you should give them a voice and you should try to ally yourself with them if you are Stan Drayton or, who, you know, whoever the head coach was going to be. But I don't think it's as big of a deal as it looks like it is on Twitter is basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Uh, another question here, Fran Brown related. The Twitter handle is uh, McKinney Holden. Uh, the name here is Eagles GM Factory on Twitter. Any chance of Fran Brown as defensive coordinator? I, I get that people are trying to concoct that dream staff there. I don't see it. I think that a couple of things would get in the way here. And again, we're just, these are educated guesses. I don't think that Fran would come back unless he's the head coach, especially after this time around. And honestly, if you're, if you're Stan Drayton and you know that Fran Brown has been very, 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 very ambitious about wanting the job, would you, would you want him on your staff as the guy who might be upset that he didn't get the job? Now, I don't know. Maybe I don't, I don't know. I don't buy. I don't know if I necessarily follow that uh, line of logic because I mean, I, I get kind of what you're saying, and I get why there'd be concerns for that. But like, if that was the case, let's say that hell, they got Sandra on a discount, and all of a sudden they have enough money to pry Fran Brown away from Rutgers, which they don't. If that was the case, then it would behoove Fran for them to be very successful, Stan Drayton to get another job, Dang and Fran Brayton be so, the obvious internal candidate. But no, I don't, I don't think there's any chance of that happening. And Fran had really kind of tried to bank on that before. He was hoping that that he might be the head coach when when Matt Man. left, went to Baylor, knew he wasn't going to get the job, so he went with him to Baylor. Came came back for Manny, thought he was going to be able to be Manny's successor. Manny pieces after 18 days, stays around for Rod Carey. They Absolutely did not get along. Uh, Fran's making what at least seven hundred thousand at Rutgers. It's like a seven fifty. Yeah. yeah. So they would have to they would have to pay them more. They're typically, as far as I know, I don't I don't think they've been paying their coordinators that. So no, but they were also paying Fran a lot more than they ever paid a position coach. Yes. Prior to yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, not to get again too too far off. A sure. lot could have been different if when Matt left, when Rule left to go to Baylor. Jeff Collins offered both Fran Brown and Elijah Robinson the opportunity to stay on Temple staff. I don't remember if it was as co-defensive coordinators or if one of them was going to be defensive coordinator or whatever it might be, and they both turned it down. So, like, what would have happened if Fran Brown had accepted being defensive coordinator there and Jeff Collins leaves two years later? Maybe we're having a different conversation right now. Yeah. But we're not, and here we are. Yeah. Um, we'll go to Twitter for more questions here. What should we expect your first season? This this comes from new the Twitter handles, new friends. Uh, maybe new friends doesn't know that we're not addressing these questions directly to Stan Drayton. So I'll read this as what should we expect in, in Drayton's first season? Had a taste of winning here the past couple of years, and fans are anxious to get back to that. Of I don't know. Like I said earlier a few minutes ago, unless unless Stan Drayton and his staff literally just hit on every single transfer portal addition they get and you can get a great edge rusher and two great offensive linemen and uh, a stud running back. And uh, I don't know where we, we can just keep going on the list. I, I think they're a, I don't know, maybe a four win team. There's, I mean, we, we, we haven't seen them in spring ball and stuff like that, but this is, this is a big rebuild. We also haven't even seen them still going to be here. Yeah. Like, like I talked about earlier. I mean, look, if you're Isaac Moore, Adam Klein, guys have been starting for three or four years are you going to want to stick around and be like, well, let me see this or, and see what happens once I get a new strength coach and all this. And like, I like temple or you're just like, screw it. Like I'm, I got my degree. I'm going to go somewhere and see what happens. Or am I going to declare or whatever it might be. So like we're sitting here and we really have no idea what the roster is going to look like in August, let alone what it's going to look like 
two months from now. So like it, it looked a lot different just for the spring. Mm-hmm. Dante, what do you think season one with Stan Drayton will look like? I agree with you guys. I think obviously we don't know what the roster is going to be like, but I, I, I'm pretty confident that this roster is not going to be a top of the conference roster, no matter what no. it looks like. I think that this is going to be probably a multi-year rebuild. And, and honestly, I, I think that they need a multi-year rebuild. Yes. Like, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that it's going to take them a couple of years to build this back up. And I, you know, I think no matter who they hired for this job, we were going to be having this conversation, right? Like this is like independent of Stan Drayton. If Fran Brown was to hire, I would be saying the same thing. I think it's going to be a multi-year rebuild. Obviously I think a Fran Brown rebuild looks different than a Stan Drayton rebuild, but like it's going to be a multi-year rebuild no matter what. So and I don't think it's a bad thing. I think they really do need to, you know, tear this down and, and you know, do it better than the last time they did it, uh, to put it simply. So I, I don't think the answer changes here. Yeah. Uh, a few more from Twitter here to get to. Uh, next one from, from Jared Groff, who used to, used to write for us years ago. Hope you're doing well, Jared. Any ideas on what a potential stop might look like? Again, I think beyond, you know, beyond um, – Drayton coming in and saying, hey, Gabe and Fonte, I want to retain you. Preston Brown, I want to retain you. We don't know just yet. You know, Within the next few days, you'll start hearing some stuff. We might be able to connect the dots on a few things, but we would literally just be throwing names at, uh, throwing names at the wall right now. Yeah, I'll say this. I'd be very surprised if it's like a Rod Carey situation where it's like, here's 10 assistant coaches all from somewhere else. Whether well, that's Gabe Fonte, a former head coach, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. and that was half the appeal of him, right? That he was ready to roll with the ground running and blah right. blah. But like, I, I'd be surprised if, whether it's Preston Brown or Gabe Fonte or a Chris Weezahan or somebody that has connections at Temple. I'd be very surprised if there wasn't a handful of those people on the staff. There's yeah. a name, and again, I I don't get the impression that that Chris Weezahan knows knows Stan Drayton or that they have a lot of um, you know career paths in common. Uh, Chris really liked his time here. His family really liked their time here. If again, this is complete supposition on my part. If if Stan Drayton goes to Chris Weezy and says, "Hey, you want to be my next offense coordinator?" I'd be shocked if if Chris Weezy's not here as the next offense coordinator. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but Weezy is a guy who who would who will come back for the for the right situation. Yeah, and sometimes it happens in a similar way. Like Fran Brown got on Manny Diaz's staff because he proactively sought out to to get on Manny Diaz's staff. Yeah. Manny Diaz had no idea who Fran Brown was. And then yeah. here you are. Yeah. Um, next question here. And Kyle alluded to this earlier in the pod. This is the uh the Twitter handle is Bango in the 215. Uh what style offense do you think he will run? And do you think he will reinvigorate Temple's run game? So you talked about this earlier that he's not just going to be you don't you don't think that Stan Drayton's going to come in and just be this like Steve Adazio ground and pound type of type of guy. No, I don't think he's three yards in a cloud of dust to steal 1970s NFL film language. Like I think I think he's a a modern offensive mind. I think he wants running backs that can catch out of the, the backfield. I think he's keenly tuned into what the NFL is constantly doing. Um, I think. Look, I think naturally he's going to be a little biased towards running backs, right? Because he's coached running backs. Actually, I actually think he coached wide receivers one year at Ohio State, but he's coached running backs for the majority of his career. But I still think it's just going to end up being a balanced offense, which is what you need to be to succeed in college football. You look at extremes one way or the other, they're never really relevant to the national end. Yes, Army's won 10 games a couple of times, but they're not usually they're not necessarily relevant in the national thing. And in Texas Tech with the air raid, never want anything of substance despite having some lot of talent there. You need to be a balanced offense. I think he'll be a balanced offense. Mm-hmm. Dante, any other thoughts on this? Dante, X's and O's me. 
I, I would love to. I, I'm going to sit down and watch some Texas tape later, actually. But um, I, I do think that I, I would hope that he would bring some of the, the Sarkeesian stuff from Texas that he got this year. I think if you're looking at very, very successful college offenses, um, Texas's problem is never scoring points. It never has been. It's other stuff and winning big games has been mostly their problem. Um, I, I think that if you look at that, right, you're going to see a lot of, you know, heavy RPO type stuff. Um, you're going to see them try and stretch the field vertically and horizontally. Uh, big, you know, big thing for Sarkeesian was always get the ball into your playmakers hands. I don't care how you do it. We saw that with Rod Carey staff to varying degrees of success with different players. Um, I, I think we'll see, honestly, I don't know if the offensive, philosophy from a big picture point of view is going to be insanely different from what we saw with Rod Carey's staff. Um, I know that Rod kind of comes off as like this, you know, old school football guy, but like they ran a pretty modern offense here, you know, like it wasn't like, like Kyle said, three yards in a, in a cloud of dust when Rod Carey, even like when the running game wasn't totally terrible. Um, So I don't know if we're going to see a big difference on the offensive side of the ball. I think we're going to see, what Kyle said, right? Running backs were all purpose guys who can catch the ball out of the backfield guys who can pass protect. They're going to try and stretch the field vertically. I think that's where Temple really struggled on offense this season. If you go back and look at what Texas did this year, right? They're going to throw the ball down the field. They don't care who's back there. Quarterback. You got to chuck the ball up a couple times a game to, to help us win, you know, in the horizontal area. So we'll see. I think that's where Temple struggled. So hopefully I, that's the part of the Sarkeesian model that I hope he brings with him from Texas, but we'll see. Obviously it's going to be a big, um, a big factor is going to be who's that offensive coordinator, right? Like how much, you know, input does Drayton actually have on the offense? Obviously he'll have plenty, but is he going to be hands off with that unit? Is he going to let his offensive coordinator run the show? If it's a Texas guy, if it's Texas quarterbacks coach, I'm just throwing a name out there, Tim Beck, you know, are they doing what they did at Texas last year? Right? Like, I don't know. We'll see. I, that's literally the only Texas position coach I can name off the top of my head. It's well, why, why I said that. Yeah. Tim Beck. Right. Just, just throwing a name out there. For it's the a name. An it's a name. People will it seize on to it. Yes, it is a name. So I don't know. We'll see, but I don't think it's going to change that much. I, I really don't. If, you know, if what Kyle said is true and that's really how Drayton feels, which I imagine it is, I don't think it's going to change a ton. I, I think we'll see a bigger change on the other side of the ball. If I had to guess. Um, a couple more questions here to close things out. Next one comes from uh, the Twitter handle is a forgotch. Andrew, I apologize if I'm botching your, your last name. We've talked a couple times on Twitter. Appreciate the question. If Drayton does indeed, and it's a similar one to before, I just want to get to Andrew's question. If Drayton does indeed get the job and Fran isn't on the staff, what does that do to Temple alum in the NFL who lobby for Fran? Again, I, I think if, if, uh, if these guys get a good vibe from Drayton, if he embraces them, invites them back to campus, I think they get over it. But these guys are also entitled to their feelings. I can understand why they wanted Fran, why they connected with him. So I don't think that, um, you know, it might take them a little while to get over it. I get that. Uh, but I think if, if, if Drayton, again, does a good job of wrapping his arms around these guys, and if he knows that there was a disconnect there with some alums, uh, I think they can get over it. But, again, a relevant question. Um, next one here from uh, Twitter handles off the hook three. If you were a betting man, would you say Gino's is plus two fifty here for the usual first cheesesteak? He's been here before, so I'm a little hesitant to go higher. No, yeah, I'm, I'm not taking that bet. I don't think I'm, I'm sorry. I, 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 I would I would hedge that bet. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think he's been here before to an extent. He lived here for three or four years, so I'm yeah. sure he's already done the. He doesn't need the first cheesesteak experience, but if so, I doubt he's going to go there. 
maybe he's like, you know, he worked at Villanova before. Maybe he goes to, maybe he no. buys a house on the main line and says, I'm going to campus corner for my cheesesteaks. Or maybe he's got a good place in the suburbs. I don't know. I know way of knowing, John. That's just me. That's just, uh, that's to, to quote the good, the, the great Mike Kern. That's, that's just me. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, maybe we'll get Mike Kern on a podcast at some point in the future, just to, just to hear his voice again. Um, next one here. Uh, Devitt Dial is the, the Twitter handle. What separates Stan from the rest of the candidates? Does Texas being a city school help? Does his Philly history mean much? Uh, I don't, I'd, I'd probably say what you guys would say here is that what separates them is maybe a comfort level with, with Arthur. He was impressed with them, sees him as a CEO type, sees him as a guy who helped build programs, has seen what, what great football players look like, whether that's Carlos Hyde, Zeke Elliott. Um, again, it doesn't mean that that five-star guys are going to start coming to Temple in droves. Uh, does this Philly history mean much? I think it means a little, but I think Arthur Johnson is smart enough to know that a lot has changed in 20 years, like, like we've talked about. So um, my, my guess is that, again, it's a guess, and we'll, we'll talk to Arthur Johnson hopefully tomorrow if the press conference is going to be tomorrow. And I, I would imagine that, that Stan was the standard, and, and he said hey. you know, Stan was the standard. Yeah, I didn't even mean <laughs> for that to be punished. But, um, you know, maybe he was his top choice all along and said, but, I, you know, I like Elijah Robinson. I like Fran Brown. Let's see what these guys got. And maybe that's the what separated them is the comfort level. But, again, I have the, the first time if I get to meet Stan Drayton tomorrow will be the first time I meet Stan Drayton. Again, if you, if you study him, you watch him, you watch some stuff that, you know, the Longhorn Network has done on him. Seems like a very, very knowledgeable and impressive guy. I understand that Brian Westbrook really likes him. Uh, and I can understand why. Um, so I would guess that that's all the stuff that's, that's, that separates them. But again, I don't know. It's familiarity is what it probably boils down to. Like if, if you put four equal candidates and they're all legitimately equal, you're going to go with the guy, you know, because for better or for worse, this is the first massive decision of Arthur Johnson's tenure. Mm-hmm. Um, so like he's going to be tied to San Drain for better or for worse. If three years from now we're looking at crap, like they're still in the same spot and they've just been treading their wheels and he's going to have to make a tough decision. Then he's going to have to fire his friend in that scenario. But I, I think it's just that look for a decision that big, you go with somebody you're familiar with the Austin being, or Texas being an Austin thing is actually interesting to me. I don't think that factors into like why no. he got hired, but it might factor into why Stan Drain's interested in the job. Yeah. Uh, Cause like, look, he, he went from Texas before that he was with the bears before that he was with Ohio state, all three, like Columbus is still like a city. So like, you're talking about yeah. three, not like traditional we're in the middle of cornfield jobs like you're in like urban environments so it's interesting to me um maybe we've talked a lot about like we talked about when arthur johnson sought out this job somebody probably was on his radar i wonder if sandra viewed this as like look i'm being methodical about this i think i can win there i think i can relate to recruits there so on and so forth yeah, I would interesting. Say, I hadn't thought about that because it's yeah. interesting because like Austin is kind of like an oasis in the middle of all the way. The yeah, rest of Texas. yeah. So Austin is uh, definitely different than the rest of Texas. Really, really cool town. I've only been there once, but I wouldn't say Austin's just like Philadelphia by any means. But it is. A, it's a it's like a big town. I wouldn't necessarily call it a huge city, but it's got a lot of character to it. A lot of cool neighborhoods, a lot of cool food and stuff like that. But I, I think Kyle makes a great point there. Maybe you thought, hey, the Phillies a uh, it's a big city, but it's also like a big small town with a lot of cool neighborhoods and stuff. Yes. Would you take McConaughey on the staff? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Imagine absolutely. him like defensive coordinator McConaughey. Oh my God. That'd be great. But break, that break would... down this film for me. Dante is like really critical of the way he's breaking down film and we're just like enamored. Like, yeah. 
All right, all right. Like, we just we have talk, like, talk, how is it like working with Christopher Nolan, man? Like, Interstellar, it hits differently once you're a dad. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. knows that. I can't do McConaughey. We'll work on it. Could you yeah. imagine that? He's like, this is why I didn't get into government, man. <laughs> government. I'm just joining, joining that staff. I mean, that would. Doesn't wear deodorant. Oh, really? Yeah, he's an anti-deodorant guy. Hmm. On that trial, maybe. Yeah, sure. We're not. I don't got to be near him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's a virtual assistant that just like coaches from wherever. I Yeah. Why not? He's a vibe Absolutely. coordinator. He coordinates the vibes. Yeah. I like, I like that. Uh, I'd like to point out that this is not a question, but we picked up a new follower on the Al Scoop account. And the name of the account is my dog is fine. She just doesn't like you. <laughs> Thank you. To not fine. He's got a yeasty ear. He's got to go to the vet tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, he'll be, he'll be fine. Love Riggs. Uh, Riggs also once tried to jump in the car with us to go to what BC or Notre Dame. Notre Dame. You love the story. In a rented car. Yes. Yes. Uh, and then Glenn Phillips, Al72 says, where the hell is the coach? We're talking about the coach. Yes, it is not official, official yet, but unless something completely goes haywire, we'll be Stan Drayton. Uh, that will do it for this episode. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for all the mailbag questions we received. Uh, hoping to put out another one tomorrow with more content, with more audio provided. Uh, if the press conference is tomorrow, We'll have some audio for you. We'll grab whoever we can at uh, the media availability tomorrow. If not, we'll do something for you Friday. So stay tuned for that. Big thanks to Kyle and Dante for joining me again. And uh, we will talk to you soon. 